Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group. Hi, road to growth listeners. Uh, today we have uh, Ash Sintas. Uh, I keep on trying to roll it. It's, so it's not <laughs> you don't roll it or you do? No, I don't roll it. Just oh, you don't it. roll it. Okay. No. All right. Where, where's that? Where's the last name from? Uh, uh, it's Spanish and Portuguese. Okay. So you could roll it, I guess. You could. I can't. But you okay, could. you can't. I can't. I can't. I can't roll it too. I was trying to act, act like I had a lot of uh, skill set, but it's really yeah. But, it's, better, so, it's better than what I can do. So. <laughs> uh, so you're the founder of a city shop, basically like a, a more hyper-focused Amazon, right? Kind of helping out the small businesses, entrepreneurs in a hyper-focused community, correct? Yeah, or? correct. Um, so we were a marketplace and we're a marketplace for small business owners, specifically local small business owners um, that, you know, and we'll get more into my story of that I formerly was one that didn't have an outlet like a marketplace to be able to reach more of a national audience. Um, so that's what we like to do. And then on the back end, what our real, you know, foundation of the company is, is we provide a lot of the online support that, uh, that are the pain points of selling online. So small business owners don't have to manage that, such as customer service, payment processing, building out their shop page, et cetera. Are you one of the, the few, cause when you're, when I'm thinking about like maybe smaller businesses, right? I don't really think of Amazon. Amazon, I think is a good portal for you to be kind of edu educated on SEO. Mm -hmm. I was thinking more so Etsy. Is that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So um, Etsy, we like to say, you know, Etsy is if you're starting off with an idea, you're still managing this, you know, this idea from home. It's singular, single products, made, you know, built or made at the same time. Yeah. We are for those businesses who have gone past that Etsy point where they are, you know, it's, they're a recurring revenue business. They're making multiple sales a month, a week. Um, they have a ton of inventory of the product. They might not make the product, but they're good curators, um, such as, you know, they have like a, you know, almost like a general store type of brick and mortar um, that then can, uh, you know, sell. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, so. Sorry about that. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah. So if, if you're not watching our, our live feed, Right, you're listening to us. Ash is I, I'm son, right? Uh, no, a friend's a friend's son that okay, we're friend's son. visiting with right now. Um, that are six, six, ten years old. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, people. I mean, people are working from home. I mean, there's a lot of people working from home, and I, I can only imagine of of trying to keep your business going and having, I guess, little hiccups like that where you're not expecting <laughs> it, but you have to roll with the punches, right? That's yes. life now. Yes, it is. It is. So. Um, yeah, he wanted to make his uh, his debut online. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, we really offer those businesses that they are legit a small, medium-sized business. They, you know, by SBA definition, it's 250000 to $10 million in revenue. Um, I, how I thought of City Shop was I was a former small business owner. I created a consumer product when I was in college and it was, it was manufactured. It was manufactured at a facility in San Diego. I had some local and regional success. And I didn't really, Etsy is so wonderful and it's like arts and crafts community, but it, my product didn't align with that. I felt it devalued my product because something that's commercially manufactured versus sewing at home, it's a different type of product. And so um, 
I then was too small to sell on Amazon. You know, Amazon is bulk products from overseas, commodities. So there's really no outlet for me to be able to gain that national exposure that that marketplaces do so well. So that's why I really wanted, you know, a, a marketplace that was for that, you know, kind of that group, that organization of small businesses that have been kind of left out in the marketplace space. Well, something that I mean, I've had a couple, I mean, quote unquote, Amazon gurus on here, right? Mm -hmm. And they've kind of told me or walked me through the different hacks, right? Of hacks of how you can get your your product up higher up. I mean, something to look at if you get a lot of the reviews were done the same day. It's probably basically paid reviews or kind of little tricks like that to get up top. Is there for your platform a way to get it past that where we can actually see if it's real reviews or <laughs> things like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, to compare it to Amazon. So no one can compete on Amazon, right? Yeah. It's um, majority of the vendors are overseas. Amazon has over thousands of their own private label. We know that they're the first page of search results. Um, and if you even wanted to start selling on Amazon right now, it, it's too late. You know, they have millions of sellers on there that have already done all that legwork all these years to get the reviews, to know how to write the product descriptions and to really, um, you know, manage that system to their advantage. So we kind of take a different approach. We, we make it where a vendor can be found on multiple different facets. So you can be found by category, but you can be found by brand value and can be found by your own location. Um, and we don't allow any advertising because at the end of the day, that's what social media, if you want to sell on Facebook or Instagram or even Google or Amazon, it's a pay to play business model. And small business owners, not only do they not have the financial resources to compete with that, but they also don't have the know-how or they don't have the team or the resources like all these other companies do who, who can do hacks or, you know, who can manipulate the system or have the team to be able to, you know, manage it all on a daily basis. Because as we know, the, the algorithms, especially on Facebook and Instagram, are constantly changing. When you, when you talk about brand value, what, what does that consist of? Yeah. So, you know, I think what we've been seeing, especially this past year and a half is the, you know, millennial and Gen Z and the consumers are more, are approaching consumerism more consciously and they're wanting to shop based off of what they value. So whether that's organic or environmentally friendly or social impact or, you know, black owned businesses. And so we feel that, you know, the future of really shopping is, more connected, more value-driven marketplaces or value-driven um, companies that you're being able to shop more for who, the person behind the product and what they stand for versus just the product and the price point itself. And, and I love that idea too. You brought the, the idea of location. I mean, these are definitely a lot of features that you can't do with, I guess, some of the, the, the bigger platforms like Amazon we talked about. I mean, yeah. You brought it up that you were an entrepreneur yourself. Have you always had this kind of entrepreneur mindset growing up? Yes, actually, um, I come from family of entrepreneurs. Both my parents were entrepreneurs. My grandparents were entrepreneurs. And so my brother and sister and I, ever since we were little, we were always thinking of the next business idea. Um, that was, it was almost like our weekend hobby. Um, and then in college, as I mentioned, I actually decided to pursue my own business and um, thought of created a product that wasn't in the market uh, tried to patent it, did all that, um, you know, found uh, overseas material, brought it into America, um, got it manufactured in America, and went through all that legwork of trying to, you know, sell a consumer product and realize 
that the value was actually in the material itself, not just the product. So went through that learning, uh, you know, learning curve. And then in the last 15 years, I've been a part of other startups. So I've always chosen that entrepreneurial, you know, startup path versus, you know, more traditional route. Can you can you walk us through, walk listeners through your the quote unquote learning curve you brought up? Yeah, um, you know, I think, and I, I, I'm I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs go through this. And I, I was young at the time; I was 20, 21. But you know, I was so focused on the product that I thought was the need that I almost missed that you know there was an alternative to what I created that was more valuable. And so, for example, the product I created was a yoga mat for the yoga industry. And when I first thought of the idea, I said to myself, well, you know, it's almost like a pillowcase cover for your yoga mat. I was doing a lot of yoga. I was a poor college student. I couldn't afford to buy a new mat all the time. It was smelly and it was gross. And so I needed a, um, you know, a water resistant, odor resistant, eco-friendly material, kind of like a pillowcase that could go in the washer and dryer. And I would never have to buy a new yoga mat again. Um, and so I was very much stuck on this, you know, consumer consumer product and developing a whole line for the yoga industry, like yoga bags and totes, et cetera, that it was actually, um, uh, I was, you know, bootstrapping the company. I was working at a restaurant at the time and a customer inside the restaurant, I was telling him about my yoga line. And he said, you know, that material might be more valuable to other industries. You know, I, he, they were in, um, the medical industry at the time. And this, the material that I had created was, um, uh, you know, it was all these certifications against pneumonia, MRSA, bacterial is antimicrobial. And they said, you know, the medical industry might want this or, you know, the pet beds and, you know, car interiors and all of these things. And so anyways, the learning curve was, you know, I was so stuck for so long on just this one thing that I was, I missed, almost missed an opportunity of, uh, you know, of it being a multifaceted product versus just this niche you know, uh, yoga line that I was trying to do. When that one person brought the idea and, and maybe it was more, but that one person that brought the idea that this product would be good for other, other avenues. Mm -hmm. did, did you start thinking on that moment? Did you put it in the back burner? Did you uh, talk to other yeah, people? I, started to, I, I went home that night and okay. did a lot of research and started going into, okay, what industries, need this type of material the most, whether it was, you know, it was a stain resistant and odor resistant, which is more for the car interior space, antimicrobial, which is for the medical space. Um, and so then I, you know, did some lead gen and I reached out to presidents and CEOs of, you know, fortune 500 companies about my idea, got quite a few responses back and just started meeting with people to see, okay, well, where, where could this be the most valuable, um, you know, and, and then without having so many regulatory, you know, hoops going through it. So, yeah, so start pursuing that right away, license out the material a bit. And it was a little bit easier of a route than uh, easier, I say, than, than you know, the, the yoga line. So still do the yoga line on the side, but, you know, licensing out the material and having that be useful was was more valuable at the time. I always get fascinated when people cold, cold call. I mean, and that's what you're doing. What was yeah. the first time that you went out of your comfort zone or, or you, I mean, you said you were an entrepreneur, had the entrepreneur mindset at a young age. Were you always okay with basically just picking up the phone and, and asking for it or asking the question? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I think, I think honestly that came from um, 
my grandparents and my mother, they threw us in their stores at a very young age. So yeah. we had to become comfortable talking to strangers and talking to people and selling people items within their store um, at a very young age. And we also, we moved around a lot. I moved every four years. And so I think having to go to a new school as a child, you you just learn to just be comfortable with, with speaking and, and talking to people at a moment's notice of something that you might not even, you know, know that much about. So you, so you had your product, right? And did you try to put it on another platform to sell it? Or where did the 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 dream or the idea of City Shop come around, come about? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So had the product, um, you know, tried to sell it on Amazon. So, you know, went through that, tried to become a national brand, as I mentioned. And, you know, regardless of it's a lot, it's a lot for an entrepreneur or a founder or anybody within a small, you know, company to have, you have to manage all, you wear so many hats. So, you know, I'm trying to do customer service, trying to do sales, trying to grow the brand, do business development. Um, and it ended up not working out. So I took those learnings and I joined other startups, mainly in the hospitality space. Um, and a few years ago, I was living in Portland, Oregon for working at a startup. And I was walking down the street and Portland is very known for its local brick and mortars, very local small business focused city. And it dawned on me, I, I thought, wow, there's so many great businesses here. There was a, you know, it was an amazing leather store that I had walked by that had some really great hats and bags. And I just thought, you know, why can't my friends in North Carolina and Michigan shop these stores? Why are we stuck with shopping on Target or Amazon or Walmart or whatever big box retailer um, when there's the same quality, you know, if not better quality products, because it comes straight from the maker's hands right in our backyard. We just don't know about it. Um, and with that, I started realizing, well, what is that barrier to entry? What pain points did I go through? And you know, how many my entrepreneur? And then being a consumer merged together. And that's why I thought of City Shop. Okay. So you have the idea of City Shop. Mm -hmm. Did you design the website yourself? Did you have to bring people on or what happens next? Yeah. So I, so I thought about it. Um, I guess it's a little bit more detail, but I, I say it because um, I think it's good for entrepreneurs to hear when other people, you know, they, we all, it's a struggle for everyone. So I thought of it two years ago, as I said, I was a vice president at another startup that was trying to grow to be a national brand. And I knew that starting a company was going to cost a lot of money. That's one of the reasons why my early company in my twenties didn't do so well is I didn't have that much money to keep, you know, fueling it. So I started saving and I saved and I saved for two years. I wrote the business plan. I would talk to people here and there. I did a lot of market research. So at, when I knew when I was ready to launch, I at least would have more data of the position I need to be in um, and decided last year during the pandemic that I was going to launch it. Um, and I found a group of people. I you know, found people on LinkedIn, former coworkers of mine came together and you know, found people to build the site, um, design the site and, you know, help run the marketing and the sales and a tech team. And now there's 10 of us all together and we were bootstrapping at the time and we just received some funding. Um, so now it's, now we're kind of in more growth mode, which is good. You said you worked for a startup. Was that the first startup you worked at or have you worked at multiple startups? Uh, I've, I've worked at a few multiple startups. Yeah. Okay. What <laughs> have you picked up from the multitude of startups that you've worked with of that's going to be a success or maybe that's not going to be a success? Is there, is there a common theme? Yeah. I mean, I think 
um, with this, with the common theme with the startups that I did work with was they, you know, they all turned out to be, you know, decently successful was they were trying to change the mindset of what the current, their current industry is. So one of them was with Ace Hotel Group and I'm, I'm sure you know of Ace, but if not, you know, Ace really redefined what it was like to be in a hotel experience. They activated all the spaces. They made it more entertainment focused. They made it inclusive. Um, you know, I, I was talking to a reporter the other day and I said, you know, I remember growing up and going to Marriott's and Hilton's and you just, you never felt comfortable <laughs> being in them. It, it was very much, you were stuck in a box and Ace did a really good job of making it feel like you were hanging out with friends in your own living room. Um, so I think finding a group of people that share a passion of what you're trying to create is the most important thing in a startup. Um, and then the second startup I was with was uh, you know trying to do that for um, the restaurant industry on sustainability. They were a fully sustainable restaurant um, and they wanted to be able to really change the idea that the restaurant industry has to, you know, find the cheapest product or, um, you know, kind of be a, a, a low margin industry or poor working um, environment industry and wanted to change that. So both of them, you know, when you have such a big vision of what you want to be able to create, you have to be able to find that team that is going to want to, you know, put that vision into motion. So how do you find the people that have a similar passion to what you're looking to accomplish? Like for yourself, you said it was friends, colleagues, people on LinkedIn. Is it, is it a simple post looking to be part of the startup? Is it throwing fillers out, asking family or friends? I mean, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a few different things. It's you can, it is former coworkers. It can be friends and family. You know, I've posted on LinkedIn before. Um, and, and I've called, I've called reach outreach to people, you know, if there's a company that I really admire, um, or that was a startup five years ago, and now it's, you know, more of a stable business and the original people of the startup have moved on to something else, I'll reach out to them. So it's really, it's just starting initial conversations. And there's also great, you know, websites out there now. Starthawk is a really good website where you can find people who actually want to join a startup because I think the hardest thing is being a part of a startup and never working in a startup. If you've never worked in a startup before, it's incredibly challenging because it's the startup world is such a roller coaster um, and you constantly have to pivot. You have to be agile. I mean, it's a definition of, of running an agile business. So finding people that um, understand that and are okay to go on that ride with you, especially at this stage of the company when it's equity only, you're not getting paid a salary. Um, it can be challenging. So it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of interviews, but you start to be able to read people's resumes or start within the first conversations to gauge it. Um, and I'm, I'm up front right away. I'm like, I'm not going to waste your time. This is who we are. This is what we're looking for. This is where I think the company can go. You know, are you, are you interested? So how, how was, cause uh, so a year ago is when you kind of officially started, right? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So COVID, I mean, I know it was beginning of this year, but maybe kind of earlier stages, I think last year, but how was the process of hiring, finding the right people kind of in this window of time where it's been more COVID related, people have been, I guess, less social. How is it, was it different for, different for you than last other startups that you've been part of to find the right people? 
Yeah, um, I would say that it was, it's a, it's a very good question. It was, I don't know if it was so much different um, because I've always been a part of mission-driven companies. So it's it's pretty easy to be able to find, you know, most of the people who would apply are, believe in that mission. And so at least it was easy to find that. I think, you know, trying to do a, build a team and run a, start a company in COVID is, you have, it's just being mindful of everyone's surroundings, you know, and, and I think the mental health and um, physical health and emotional health of everyone, it's, it was never been more of a leadership lesson for myself, I think, to just be compassionate towards that and know that, you know, you might be finding people who believe in what you're doing. Um, but they've been stuck inside for a year, you know, they've been isolated for a year, they might, you know, not um, they might have incredible, you know, drive right now. And then in a month, they might be going through a hard time. And so I think just, you know, finding that balance was a little bit more challenging than it's been in in other work circumstances. But I, I'm sure anybody could say that right now that it's just it's just it's more of that um, emotional intelligence, more of that personal connection with your team um, while you're managing while everyone's just trying to manage versus you know a normal startup it's you know back before pre-covid it was you know just it was just other circumstances so are, are there changes that you're putting in place now as things are kind of opening back up so did you guys have an office space or uh no we've been location? the entire time mm -hmm. okay do you guys plan to do that in the future yes yeah Okay. I, I mean, I, to be honest, actually, I, I hope so. I'm, I'm a little bit old school. I, okay. I like the office space, but who knows? Who knows what the world's yeah. going to dictate for us, you know, right now? And I think that's part of being agile. Like we, you know, we, there's a team of 10 of us. We have two in Brazil, one in New York, you know, one in Portland, one in Vancouver, Canada, you know, California. Um, and I'm, I'm more of a firm believer if, you have a passionate team, if everyone works hard, if everyone delivers and, you know, works well together, I'd much rather have that versus trying to fit people into a constraint that they might not be ready for, the world might not be ready for yet. I, I just had this, um, I had this conversation with someone the other day, they, mind you, they sell office furniture. So I think they were skewed <laughs> one direction. Oh no. But, <laughs> but we were, we were talking about the idea of people working uh, um, outside of an office space, mm -hmm. right? And and it, they brought up the idea that, well, people are going to go back in there because that's the way it's been done. Again, probably skewed because they sell office space. Yeah. Is there something that, that you do with your team or what's the structure look like to just keep people accountable, keep people uplifted, keep people kind of going forward on the same plan? Is it a weekly, a daily meeting, a weekly meeting? What is that yeah. like? So we, we do, we have weekly meetings. We have one all team meeting and then we have um, specific department weekly meetings. We use tools such as Slack um, to stay in constant communication with everybody. We project management tools to be able to help hold everyone accountable. Um, and the most important thing, which I haven't been good at in my uh, you know past careers and I'm trying to do much better now as the, as the main leader is you have to celebrate the small wins. Mm. Um, and that, that is not just important because of a startup. It's important because everyone's remote. And so, you know, as we launch a new city, we just launched Nashville a few weeks ago. We launched Chicago tomorrow. You know, we have to celebrate that, um, have to celebrate bringing on new vendors or if a new 
the development team launches, we just launched a new homepage. Um, so just really, you know, really adding value to everyone's hard work, especially when they're, you know, alone while doing it. How do you celebrate with cupcakes? <laughs> no, yeah, you know, just, just acknowledgement, you know, acknowledge, yeah. you know, every, I think that, um, that that can go further uh, sometimes than cupcakes. Maybe virtual cupcakes, a cupcake stick or whatever you can do on Slack. I'm not very smart with all that, but what um, if you could talk to your your younger self, that young entrepreneur, before she went to any kind of startup, uh, before she even started her own company, mm -hmm. um, any advice that you would give her? Oh, quite a bit of advice. Okay. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, one of the biggest ones for my younger self would be, um, you know, relax. Uh, nothing has to be perfect. Um, and, and just, it, it's better to, you know, fail and learn as much as you can. Um, and, and I think most importantly for me is talk to people. I was very, um, private for a very long time and you, it's okay to, share ideas or share fears or, um, you know, just want to brainstorm with people. I mean, some of the, we, we all know what we know and we all know what we don't know and being able to recognize that and acknowledge it and then not be scared to find a group of people and just say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. You know, what do you think back? You know, could this, could this work? You know, could it not work? And, you know, just be a little bit more, um, more open and, and not such a perfectionist, I think is what I would tell myself. Is there a particular way that you know you're in a safe zone that you're with people that you can open up with and be vulnerable? Is there a, something that you've learned over the years? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've having had to hire so many people in, in my previous companies. Um, I've I've definitely been someone where, um, you know, energy, energy and demeanor. Right. You know, can can I have a natural conversation? with somebody and if and even in an interview and if that natural conversation can come out where that person is becomes comfortable enough with you to be able to be vulnerable and you know vice versa um then that's a that's a long-standing relationship whether it's you know works out professionally or you know it's just somebody that you know down the road that you could call on for something i think um you know that's really important and also understanding you know to be vulnerable with people you also have to understand everyone's strong suits and they're, you know, not so strong suits and a good leader can, you know, be able to put people in the positions, you know, that, that represent their strong suits. And the same with you, that people that can make you better, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Makes sense. I mean, if let's say we're talking to you in five years from now, mm -hmm. we're interviewing right now, where is city shop? Where is Ash going to be? Yeah. Um, five years from now, City Shop is global. Um, so from right now, we could shop the streets of Paris if we wanted to. Um, and we have built it, an ecosystem of a managed marketplace where small business owners are being able to, you know, actually have a sustainable, scalable business because of City Shop. And we manage all of that process for them and they curate the products. That's that's the goal. So. I love it. Do you, do you think there's going to be any kind of technology or anything that going into the future where it's going to be factored in to purchasing online or have you thought about that or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, um, I think we'll see quite a bit more of 
I think a few things. One, that's not such an advanced technology. I think we're going to see more, more personalization, um, more value-driven, um, I think more micro versus macro um, when it comes to e-commerce. And I think from an advanced tech, we will see more of um, some form of an augmented reality to be able to experience um, you know, shopping the streets of Paris in a digital way whether it's being able to, you know, walk, see the cobblestone streets and say, I want to go into that store right there. And you virtually are doing all of that and being able to see all the different products. I know there's a few different technology out there right now, um, but I think all of it will come together and, and it being able to, you know, actually shop virtually in another city will be as if it's a real thing. Okay. I'm sold. I'm so I want that now. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ash, for, for being on the podcast. Thank you for giving you all your insight and, and walking us through your journey of, of building this company and um, I mean, changing the way we purchase. I mean, the idea that we can purchase hyper locally without leaving our home. Or even maybe we there's a place that we enjoyed when we were living in Austin, Texas, and mm-hmm. we want to buy it from there, but we want to get it hyper local. I mean, I love the idea. Um, any last words that you want to throw out there to the listeners? Yeah, I mean, I I think um, the only thing I can say is you know think local first. You know, I'm I'm Amazon's not going anywhere. You know, Walmart's not going anywhere. But <laughs> if you could try to find that one item local, you know, even one purchase would make all the difference. And so we we just ask anyone, you know, once a month, once a month, try and buy your coffee local or, you know, uh, your pillow, you know, your pillow for your couch local or whatever it may be. So that, that's it. But yeah, I, I appreciate the time and uh, the support as well. Yeah, thank you. And, and so City Shop, um, go find it if you're listening right now. City Shop, find your local vendor. If if maybe if you're a, a vendor in one of the communities or looking to add your product to one of those communities, what's the best way? Is it to go on City Shop, go to you, or what's the best way? Yeah, um, they can go to cityshop.com. Um, they can email myself. It's ash at cityshop.com or email um, our entire sales team, which is shops. And shop is spelled S-H-O-P-P-E. Um, so shops team at cityshop.com. Perfect. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please subscribe. Please share and go to City Shop. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.